Hello, wonderful musicians, and welcome to the Aligned Musician Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Hankins, and throughout this series, we'll be covering a wide variety of topics all related to musicians' wellness. I'm so excited for what we have planned, and thank you for joining us. This episode, I'm really excited about. Uh, This one's called Why I Had to Stop Singing to Find My Voice, and my guest is Lydia McLean. She is a certified breathwork facilitator, empowerment coach, and intuitive guide dedicated to helping others activate their light and liberate their voice to live a life of authentic self-expression. Her journey of recovering from an aggressive eating disorder, chronic perfectionism, led her to discover the unique power of the breath and finally heal her relationship with her body. She now helps others release and recover from trauma in the body to feel confident, free, and fully lit up from the inside out. She offers virtual and in-person private and group healing sessions, one-on-one mentorship, digital courses, masterclasses, retreats, and is the co-founder of Optimistic Wellness, a digital sisterhood dedicated to empowering women with self-healing modalities and community. Lydia has a master's degree in vocal performance and sang opera professionally before putting down roots in the woods of Connecticut to offer breathwork full-time. I also want to say, uh, just as a trigger warning, we may be covering some topics such as eating disorders, suicidal ideation, um, and so without further ado... Lydia, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much, so much for having me. And I'm just, you know, as we were talking before this, it's such an honor to be able to share a part of my journey that isn't something that I've really had an opportunity to really cover a lot on my personal uh, Instagram account now that I've kind of switched gears from uh, offering, you know, being a professional singer and and now offering breath work and really helping people with empowerment. So I'm excited to share part of my story because I think it's people's stories are fascinating and and it's, you know, it's just to be like the second I saw you online, I was like, we need to know each other. I really feel like we have a lot to connect about. And, you know, especially coming from a classical training background, we just kind of get each other on another level, you know, having gone through music school is a experience. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Oh yes, absolutely. It's, oh man, it can be so stressful and not just the experience of music school itself, but also the profession. It's a high stress career. And, you know, that just opens the door for so many other issues mentally and physically to work their way in. So before we go into anything else, I'd love if you could share some of your personal wellness journey with us. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, I'm just gonna kind of start back at the beginning at (laughs) where where this kind of starts for me was so I don't know if anyone's seen the new Disney Pixar movie Soul I think it came out yesterday or on Christmas or something and I'm not going to give any spoilers because it's it's great and I think everyone should should see it but I was watching it last night with my family and it was all as a musician right and he's talking about finding his purpose and and how music was really his whole identity and how music, like his purpose in life was music as so he thought, right? And so 
I really related to that. And it got into my husband and I had this conversation. He's also a professional musician about how there can be such, such an interesting thing can happen whenever our identity becomes wrapped in our profession. And that's not just true for music. It's true for everything. But I think especially mm-hmm. as musicians, whenever it's, it's something that we become identified with in our personality at such a young age, as is the case for so many musicians, uh, it can become a source of like, what the, (laughs) who am I, right? Who am I without music is basically the thing. And so for me, I I was identified for my talents as a singer as a very young age. And, you know, my, my identity really was wrapped up in being a singer. Who's Lydia? Lydia's that choir girl. She's that singer. She's that, you know, I was that choir girl in high school. And there was never a question of whether I would uh, pursue music or not. It was just like, well, obviously this is what you're gonna do because uh, you're good at it and it's what makes you special. And at that time in my life, uh, you know, when you're growing up and forming your personality, what makes you feel special and seen and heard uh, and especially getting a lot of attention for it, it really becomes your identity. So my, uh, you know, I went to school for music. I went to the Hart School of Music for my undergrad and then later went to Florida State University for grad school. And my wellness journey really started in grad school. If I have to, you know, from an outside opinion, I got really into like nutrition and exercise and dieting and caring for myself in undergrad. And, and you know, this, there was a lot of talk about how, you know, professional singers aren't supposed to look the way they used to, right? The, the days of the big opera singer diva, you know, I think especially with um, the Met HD opera series, you know, opera singers have a certain look now, you know, there, there's a certain way that you're supposed to look. And so I, I really, my wellness journey was for me all about not really taking care of myself, but taking care of what made me special, you know, taking care of my voices as a singer. And it wasn't about caring for myself. It was about caring for my voice and how I looked and how I appeared because, you know, who am I if I'm not a singer? Mm. And uh, for me, you know, long story short, I, you know, I, it took it to an unhealthy level for, for me, you know, I, I never did that inner work around why food felt so such an easy thing for me to control you know and I always struggled with performance anxiety always and it drove me nuts it drove me nuts you know from a an early age I thought you know no one else struggled with it but me right is what I what I thought and I had all the physical symptoms and I didn't know how to handle it and I got into yoga I got into meditation I got into um, doing mantras and eating the right foods and cutting out caffeine and doing all of these things that really treated the symptoms of anxiety without treating the actual cause of mm-hmm. anxiety, right? It was, was, of course, trauma that I experienced at a younger age. And so that kind of snowballed in grad school. And I thought that, oh, you know, the, the better I get, the better I'll be able to handle my anxiety. And that was not true from from my personal experience. So in grad school, uh, beta blockers are being passed out like, you know, candy, (laughs) at least in in my school. And, you know, I was told by many, many teachers and many peers, oh, just go get beta blockers, you know, like that'll help you. And for anybody who doesn't know what a beta blocker is, beta blockers are um, 
supposedly do nothing neurologically, but they're all about slowing your, your heart rate and block your adrenals. And so, you know, when you start to get in that fight or flight performance anxiety phase, uh, it kind of puts a stop on that. And I was totally, totally uh, enamored with them and what they could do with me. And, but still, you know, that anxiety persisted. And as we say in the healing journey, what we resist persists. So I never really dealt with the actual uh, wounds underneath there that were causing my anxiety. And, um, you know, it ended up turning into in grad school, a very, very gnarly eating disorder and insomnia. And, you know, I had I was about to graduate with, you know, full honors, full scholarships for everything. And I, I realized it kind of hit me over the head. I never actually, I didn't know who I was if I wasn't a singer. And I had, um, you know, really taking my eating disorder down a path of kind of almost a point of no return where I, I kind of, you know, lost myself in it for a while. And uh, at the time, I didn't have a school support system that was able to handle it. I think the music industry is, you know, starting to change and, and starting to help people that are in, you know, dealing with uh you know, things like this in school and to have that wellness support. But at the time there really wasn't. So yeah, I could keep going. <laughs> I just, wow. I relate to that so much. And yeah. as for support in the schools, I think it's incredible how more music schools are becoming aware of these issues and they're trying to actively offer, you know, something, anything uh, to, you know, provide some support for musicians uh but at the same time there's still a lot that's unaddressed on a uh interpersonal level because you know our teachers and and music is one of these professions where it's passed down like you know the old guilds professions master to apprentice and we try to emulate and do everything we can to become the next iteration, you know, of our masters, basically. Oh, sorry. And uh, at the same time, <laughs> what does that cost? You know, do we, how can we find our own voice if throughout this entire process, we're just trying to emulate whatever it is that our teacher's doing, whatever works for them. And at the same time, I feel very much like there is this, uh, generational wound component as well because the relationship between student and teacher in the music world if you're not careful it can take on a mentorship that's really similar um to the relationship between like a parent or maybe an aunt or uncle and a child and these same generational wounds can pop up um in so many different ways and uh and then, you know, finding your voice, but also like realizing that you are so much more than just a musician. And I think you really touched on something that I know I hadn't thought about at all, which is that musicians, we form our identities at such a young age. And we can be so tied up in that. And I think many of us now during this time of the pandemic are suddenly like having to reform our identities and 
try to make sense of all of this, of how do we move forward? Um, who am I if I'm not a performer and I'm not actively performing right now? And yeah, you just, you touched on so many amazing points. Um, and so, so why did you feel that you had to stop singing in order to find your voice? Mm, mm, so <laughs> this is such a good question and something that, you know, especially kind of taking what you, what you just shared about uh, this, this mentorship relationship that we can have with our teachers, um, almost becoming that parental role with us. And, and I know for me, I had so many people at various different points in my life. And I think for me, I started to really realize that, uh, you know, around the time I was going to school, my friends are applying for college. And I was, I had like identified myself so hardcore as a singer that senior year in high school, I literally can, I like had a board meeting with the, 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 the what's it called of the president the principal of the high school and I was like with this with the faculty and I was like these are all the reasons why I do not need to take pre-calculus I already have a full ride set up for uh music conservatory and all these things and therefore I should be able to take seven music classes and not have to take uh physics and pre-calc and they were like yeah you're right <laughs> and 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 so I was you know that's how like convinced I was this is my identity so I really realized, you know, later I'm 31 now. And this is of course, um, what I shared with you was all up to the age of like 22. And I realized later on in grad school that like, as I was starting to graduate and going on to that, that next step of, you know, becoming a singer professionally and applying to young artist programs and moving to New York and doing the thing that you're supposed to do, because this is the path. I realized I'd never asked myself if I wanted to do this as my career. I never had like the conscious, I was just like, it was so passed down to me through mentors, through my, my family, through my friends. And I had so much public approval that this was obviously mm -hmm. my path. And I had never asked me, I'd never asked Lydia if this is what she wants to do. And so part of my healing journey and, you know, I graduated grad school, barely, barely. I mean, I did not a lot of people talk about sleepless nights and, you know, staying up all night and getting all their coursework done and, you know, giving their dissertations and their presentations on no sleep. I took that to like another level. Like I didn't, I didn't actually sleep at all for at least two weeks. And, uh, you know, I was hospitalized and because everything was, of course, you know, the faculty had no idea what to do with me. They're like, you just need medication. <laughs> and I knew that there was, there was something going on here. There was something, cause it, it stemmed from this thought of, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is what I want to do with my life. So I moved, I, I left grad school. I graduated barely. And I, I honestly have no really recollection how that happened. It did happen. I gave a I gave my recital and it, it went great somehow because the body is so capable of so many amazing things. <laughs> and I know that I wasn't alone. You know, I was really very guided at that time. And I decided, I said, you know, okay, I can become a singer maybe, but I got to figure this shit out. <laughs> I got to figure this out because like, I cannot live like this. I cannot live like this. And so I was like, okay, I'm 22. I don't, you know, singers, we can, we have all this time, right? So I decided to uh, 
you know, get a job. And at the time I was nannying full time and, um, you know, just kind of doing anything I could to stay afloat and dedicated my whole life. I stopped singing, uh, completely. I didn't sing at all for like at least six, seven months at that time. And I dedicated myself to, to finding how, what was going on in my body? Because every time I thought about singing, I would have a, you know, I'd have a panic attack. I would start to relive this, this, this trauma from, from grad school and, and even before. And, you know, this thought of who am I? Like, who, who am I? If I'm not a singer, what have I gone to school all these years for and paid all this money and dedicated all this time? And like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? And I knew that the only way for me to find my voice and figure out like my voice, Lydia's voice, Lydia's sole purpose, her spark, her mission was to walk away, even just temporarily, even just temporarily walk away from this like matrix of music school, <laughs> which was, this is, this is what you're supposed to do. These are the boxes you're supposed to check. This is how you do this. Uh, you know, this is what your, all your repertoire looks like. And I had to step away from that and be like, whoa, 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 like, who am I? And, you know, I kind of dabbled back into singing, uh, you know, as I started to get, you know, more mentally strong and really start to do my inner work. And then this is all before I found breathwork, but really up until the age of 25, I was like, you know, maybe I can still give this singing thing a shot. And, I still dabbled. I still auditioned and I, you know, I got some great gigs and I got to work with some pretty amazing people. And, um, I was still struggling with, in my eating disorder, I was still struggling. It wasn't as bad as it used to be, but it was still there. I still struggled with insomnia. I remember I was at a performance, uh, like a summer training program. And for, about a week, I didn't sleep the whole thing. And I do have no idea how I performed, but I, I did. And I remember um, at that point, it was the most high level professional thing I've done, like live streaming, uh, you know, working with a lot of really top composers and no one knew, no one knew because the second, you know, you're meant, you know, you're perceived as being mentally unstable. That's it, right? That's at that time, there wasn't a lot of compassion for, um, you know, beta blockers. That's the answer, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just take beta blockers, but then don't tell anybody you're taking beta blockers because you don't want yeah. people outside from your teacher to know because that's somehow something horrible. But it's like, you know, it's like what, and I mean, from my own experience, because I was on beta blockers for a year or two in my own struggle with performance anxiety and I don't know if you relate to this at all but I just remember um feeling when I performed on beta blockers like there was this level of like dissociation I experienced where it felt like I could just do everything on autopilot I didn't have to be cognitively involved in what I was doing but I also didn't have to be emotionally available in what I was doing either and I found that part the scariest because on some level I was like oh this is great I don't have to be anxious anymore um but at the same time it was like wait but if I don't care about what I'm putting out into the world then why am I doing this 
like, yeah, it definitely kind of like sparked this whole um, self inquiry for me, for sure. Of just like, what am I doing if I need to, you know, drug myself to be able to perform? And it wasn't like I was finding any more ease. I still was, there was still tension in my body when I was playing. I still occasionally was shaky and had the bow shakes going on. Um, but it was like, you know, there was this, there was definitely this like division between what I had performed and prepared to perform. And then me as like Tim Hankins <laughs> inside of my body. And it was just so, um, I think it was a wake up call for me for sure. But yeah. Could you speak more on your own experience mm-hmm. with beta blockers? If that, any of that resonated for you? I feel that on so I'm just like over here, just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I feel that on so many levels. My first time taking them was an undergrad and I realized that, uh, you know, cause they cut your adrenaline Right. And I felt that was the exact word I used is I felt dissociated. I felt out of my body. Like I was looking at myself performing without ac- actually being emotionally involved in it. And as a singer, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're a singer or you're an instrumentalist, if you're not fully invested in your art, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? And I, I started to really feel like I was going through the motions and what had already always driven me to perform was that feeling that high of performing and what the what that adrenaline feels like and how amazing it is to be in the zone and to connect with with the art and the craft and the simplicity of what it is and I you know I found beta blockers help to calm my nervous system but my mind would still be going Mm -hmm. so my my experience with and I took such a high dosage like my um I think I was taking like 80 80 milligrams or something like that, which is like uh, my six foot five voice teacher in grad school, this big dude was like taking like 20 milligrams. He's like, what? That's how much you're taking? And I was like, yeah, and I barely feel it. And so, you know, and and this is really kind of how, you know, moving into the wellness journey later of discovering holistic healing modalities to help actually address the root cause and not, you know, beta blockers or band-aids, right? And it's no, certainly no bashing to it. You know, everyone needs to do what they need to do. But I, I, I fully believe that medicine has a time and a place. And I also personally in my journey, you know, that I haven't taken them for, I would have taken them to get on this call right now, for example, to be able to talk to you (laughs) and, you know, my journey and kind of taking my nervous system, which my nervous system was in a ball, right? My nervous system was like this. And and you can only imagine what that does to your voice as a singer. And of course, as you were, you know, sharing about, you know, playing and the shakes and, and all of that, you know, this is all nervous system based stuff. And for me, I, I, you know, how I, and one of the reasons I realized uh, at 25 was when I really officially was like, I do not want to pursue music as a professional career anymore. And I first started to listen to that voice inside and it was so sad and scary to me. And also such a huge relief, such a huge relief because I think there's so much guilt that we have of not using our talents. You know, For me, I think one of my biggest fears in life was it, I don't currently resonate with this, but 
one of my biggest fears is what if I never use all of my full potential? And what if I'm wasting my gifts? So many people work so hard and would love to be able to have the skill set that I have. And what am I doing and throwing it away? And tackling that voice in my head, tackling that and really addressing that, I knew that I'd have to step away from my singing career and I've never looked back. It's by far the best, best choice I've ever made because I can now sing from a place of, I like to sing, I enjoy singing, I sing for myself, I sing for my, my clients, my students, my family. Every once in a while I get on Instagram and I sing and who knows, maybe someday I'll get up and I'll do a gig at some point. Those aren't happening right now. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but I think everything always happens for us when it's the right time. And I know for me, uh, I, I, it happened to me and for me, I'll now say it happened for me at the most perfect divine timing, because, you know, six, you know, however many years later, I look back on that and I'm so glad that I went to school for music because it forced me to face, face my traumas, face my demons and really look at um, all of it and start my healing journey, get a, get a head start on my healing journey. Uh, you know, we're never done, but uh, you know, dedicating my twenties to doing that and not um, pursuing music because it, it felt like an obligation to my craft and to to my art. A lot of people didn't understand that. A lot of people, a lot of family members, you know, when we, when we start to get ourselves wrapped into the voices of others, it helps, you know, it really makes it hard for us to find our own voice and our own sense of, of happiness. Mm. Wow. That's so beautiful. Mm. And I'm so glad that you were able to identify that, that, you know, mm. somewhere deep down, there was this core issue of, not stepping into your own power, not uh, being authentic with who you are as an individual and being able to speak your truth and also to hear truth as well. I know like I, we're kind of, we kind of have like skirted around and um, around this idea of fifth chakra issues. And for those mm, that, are, those listening, that are listening, if you're not familiar with the fifth chakra um, in Eastern traditions, including yoga, um, and there are, by the way, there are many different ways of mapping the chakras throughout the body. There are many different systems, um, but according to one system, the fifth chakra is the, it's, the throat chakra and it's responsible for communication, the right to speak and hear truth. There, it's also really interesting. I find it interesting that there's a connection between the fifth chakra and the second chakra, which is our seat of creativity. And so being able to really like understand at a foundational level, what makes us feel whole and then be able to communicate that and share that with the world. So maybe you can speak a little bit about, you know, how did you figure out that you had everything that was going on maybe had something to do with your fifth, fifth chakra, maybe related to other chakras, like, let's yeah. go in and talk about this. I love it. Let's get into it, baby. Let's do it. I think it's so... We were talking in our, you know, when we were talking and we were setting up this call about... Um, 
you know, one of your, I think you shared that one of your teachers was like talking to you about your chakras in, in music school. And I think uh, that, you know, music is so related to the chakras, even from the tonality system and, you know, color and just so it's all connected. And like you said, there are so many different ways of thinking about it. And I know for me, it's an obvious thing, right? Okay, a singer, of course, throat chakra, right? The, um, you know, and, and the act of singing does certainly open and tone your throat chakra. And also, you know, for, for me, I, and I'll share from my personal experience that I was not speaking my truth. I was not singing my truth. I was singing music composed that I was told to sing. I was presenting an image using my voice to um, share, you know, a certain training and a certain ability, but was I actually uh, speaking my truth? Definitely not. I know I hid behind my voice for so long. Like I would get up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll sing the song for you, but like, don't ask me what I feel about, you know, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about what I think. Be, let me just sing this song for you. It's so much easier to sing something that someone else already has words for. And I know for me uh, as a singer and, uh, you know, for me to to find my voice and, and throat chakra work is really about also how we connect to the divine, however that is that you define that. And, you know, our throat chakra is really kind of the bottleneck of our whole energetic system and we can be have our root chakra and our solar plexus and our sacral and our heart all like popping and it can get stuck here it can get stuck because if we're not speaking our truth if we're not sharing our heart's voice and I'm not just talking about speaking this can be through music this can be through writing this can be through just emanating who you are when you walk down the street being yourself if we're not living in that, then we're not really living in our, you know, we're, we're getting stuck and we're, we don't have access to the full spectrum of our being and, and liberating your voice is all about connecting, connecting the heart in your soul essence of who you are and all of your emotions and your creativity in that second, second chakra, in that sacral, you know, place of creation, which is also where we store so much of our trauma <laughs> and, you know, and bringing that out through the voice, because if we don't speak our truth, how are, how are people ever going to find us? How, how, how would we ever find each other on Instagram? Right. <laughs> and how would we, you know, how would we connect? And I think it's a very interesting time and a very poignant time and also a very difficult time to speak your truth online with, with, you know, this is kind of going down another rabbit hole with cancel culture, with, um, you know, people that don't, maybe aren't ready to receive our truth. And I think throat chakra work is the work of the times that we are living in, because it's having the courage to, first of all, identify your truth. Second of all, to align with your truth, with your whole being in your nervous system, your throat chakra is also the chakra of surrender. Think about crying. Mm. When we cry, what happens? <laughs> right? It all gets stuck in our throat, you know? And, and really, when we allow emotion to come through, it comes through the vessel of our throat. It comes through. And when our throat chakra is open, and I, don't, I no longer like to think about it as being closed or blocked. It's just it's just not as open as it could be, right? It's not, it's just a little cloudy. It's a little murky. It's not, not as clear and attuned as it is. And sometimes 
you know, and there isn't a, a band-aid to put over it. And you, when you start speaking your truth, it might come out really clumsy. <laughs> it might not come out in the perfect grammar and it might come out as like a scream or a yell or, you know, all these things as a singer that we were told not to do. Like, you know, you're not supposed to scream. You're not supposed to laugh too hard. That'll, that'll damage your vocal cords and, um, you know, letting myself make noise, especially in breath work, which I know we're going to talk about soon, <laughs> letting myself make noise and open my throat and use my voices, not, not to be like, you know, the whole point of music school for me is to form your craft, the most beautiful, highest ability and how, what the most gorgeous tones I can make with my voice. Like no one gives a shit about the ugly sounds that has no value. And, and healing, that has the most value because it is the primal release. And that is, I found to me to be the gateway for healing my nervous system and freeing my mind, freeing my mind with, I could talk about this forever. Ooh, it's open. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to, I want to just yeah. back up a little bit on here in case people are listening and they're like, okay, what are chakras? Like what? And I know I'm this podcast that kind of talked about chakras before but I do want to say that even if you do not believe in the existence of energy centers within the body at all um, there are there has been research into psychology and posture and the connection between these two things and I know I can speak from my own experience and just seeing in other people that I've worked with as a yoga teacher and as a breathwork facilitator, when someone has an imbalance, let's say, in their throat chakra or in their heart chakra, you can see that. You can visibly see that their shoulders are rounded forward, that there's this postural alignment where somebody might be more hunched over. They might have a little bit more of a forward head posture. They're trying to protect on some subconscious level these two areas of our body and it can feel really uncomfortable um, from the level of our nervous system to suddenly do you know in yoga what's called a heart opener where you're um, allowing there to be an arch in your upper back or in your neck just allowing there to be expansiveness there for somebody that's never done that it can feel like the most uncomfortable thing in the world, um, and as a yoga teacher, just leading someone into a heart opener, I've seen people cry, I've seen people yawn, laugh, whatever. There's some kind of release that happens. And, um, you know, whatever you choose to believe, there is absolutely a connection between the mind and the body. And there's something that happens when you tap into these energy centers and work with them that I think a lot of uh, body workers, somatic teachers, you know, anyone who works with the nervous system or with the body, we intuitively know this um, and whatever way that we're coming to this knowledge. And I think speaking from a place of chakras can be really helpful uh, as a way to just understand how we can hold emotions in different parts of the body somatically. And people that have experienced a lot of stress or trauma, you know, we store trauma in these energy centers. So it can be so, so empowering to just like understand and learn more about what our own personal imbalances are and how do we go to 
fixing that. And so um, I know for me, one of the things that's been really helpful, I know for you too, um, has been breath work. And so, you know, how, how has breath work helped you? Um, and, you know, as a, you know, somebody that works with singers or just works with general population, um, what are some of the things that you've experienced facilitating breath work? Mm, such a, such a juicy topic that we could just talk about for like five hours. It's so good. It's like, what has it not helped me with? I, I saw this like reel of some a breathwork facilitator being that like friend who's like, you know, this someone's like, why do I feel so tired and sad and depressed all the time? Have you tried breathwork? Why do I feel so, you know, anxious all the time? Have you tried breathwork? And that's kind of how I feel. And and it's such an obvious solution, right? Our breath, it's like the first thing we do when we're born. And it's the last thing we do when we come out of this, you know, when we transition to the next next thing in this life. And in between, it just happens for us, right? The breath just happens. And what a beautiful gift that it happens. And it's so funny because as a singer, I've always been like, oh yeah, I know breath work because like, I do breathing exercises and like, you know, and as many different instrumentalists connect to their breath as a part, you know, especially wind instruments, brass, all of this connecting to your breath because it is what fuels, it is the energy source for your art. And of course it's really important to be able to, you know, to breathe deeply. So for so long for me, breath was like very functional, not only to live, but also to amplify my singing voice and to, to really expand, uh, you know, to expand my voice. And only whenever I, you know, my first experience with breath work was totally accidental <laughs> or not accidental, you know, I believe it happened on purpose, but I didn't sign up for it. I was at a retreat and, uh, and they're like, okay, we're gonna lie down and we're gonna do this breathing exercise. And, uh, you know, it was like 60, 60 other women and I just lied down, I laid down, I don't know, the, lie that lay whatever it is I was down on my back and I lay down and I breathed and I immediately felt energy moving in my body in a way I'd never I mean like I had done Reiki uh you know uh hypnosis I worked with so many different healers to really work on my nervous system because this was clearly a nerve nervous system thing right and I had never felt the intensity and the aliveness and the sensations that I felt in my body. And it was just like my whole chakra system, but also like my whole, like every single cell in my body just like woke up. It just woke up and I felt, you know, we were guided to make sound and to cry and to shake our body and to scream. And it was like, you can imagine the intensity of like 60 women of all ages making sound and releasing. It was so deeply moving and powerful. And afterwards I felt more grounded and more in my body than I'd ever felt before. And I, you know, singing is like very, it's a, it's a very personal as, as all music, but it's in your body. Your voice is so personal because it's, it's literally an organ in your body. And, you know, it, it's, it's so hard to separate yourself from it because if you identify with your body as who you are, you know, it's very hard to, to separate that. And mm. so my experience with breathwork was that I just released so much trauma that I did not know that was in there. And I think sometimes, you know, when people talk about trauma, we think about really 
very intense experiences in our life. And to me, trauma is anything that's not in alignment with your highest self and anything that goes against uh, your body not giving consent for it. And that doesn't oh, mean- absolutely. Right? It's like your body doesn't give consent to be talked to that way. Or, you know, your body doesn't give consent to you not using your voice to be like, I actually don't agree with that. Um, and then of course there's our, there's varying degrees of trauma, you know? And so for me, I found that breathwork gave me a vehicle to move through all of this in my nervous system at a level that in years of therapy, and I do believe talk therapy is, I was gifted with an angel of a therapist I worked with for many, many years, um, who's, I no longer see she's retired and, and we never were able to tap into the level of healing that, but it prepared the way, you know, it, it opened my mind to be open to my body. And to me, breathwork has helped me to land in my body and to become more in a state of being and in harmony with who I am as a being, not, not as who my mind thinks I am, not Lydia, the singer, not Lydia, the wife, not Lydia, the daughter, not, not all the roles that I play, not, not all the things that I can identify with in the external level, but breathwork has helped me, helped me really take my power back because it is you breathing. Yes. There's someone holding space for you. Just like we're holding space for this, each other in this conversation, but breathwork, breathwork is self-healing, meaning this is you moving your breath. And like, there's nothing more empowering than you being like, I am my own healer. You know, we, we live in a culture that really capitalizes, makes money off of us, uh, you know, going somewhere else to fix our, fix our problems, right? You know, capitalism, that's how it functions. You know, buy this, you'll make you happier. Go see this person. They'll, you know, they'll make you feel better. And breathwork to me has been like, actually all the secrets are inside of me. And it has helped unlock, unlock that ability to safely have a place to move through trauma that's been locked in my body that kept me uh, in fight or flight mode for so many years that you know, really in, I, I made me reach for something outside of myself in a form of a pill or a substance or, you know, trying to control something outside of me. And it helped me realign on the inside. And to me, that's the whole purpose of life is to free ourselves from who we think we are and to come into who we actually are in the present. And that's only on like the metaphysical level, like also helps you sleep and helps you, uh, you know, um, feel more relaxed and uh, focus, my gosh. And talk about creativity after, after breath work, uh, you know, I, I do it before I um, did a little bit right before we jumped on this podcast. I mean, it, it opens you up to a level of frequency to receive ideas, to receive that that spark, that creative muse that we're all connected to. There is no such thing. There's no such thing as a creative person. Everyone's a creative. We're born creative. <laughs> you know, it's it's labels that kind of think us make us think that we're not. And it helps you to tap into that unlimited resource because it raises your vibration. It, and that's the, you know, there's no way to describe it other than to try it. And it's, it's given me freedom. It's given me my, my life back and, um, I'll never shut up about it. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's so incredible. And yes, like I, I completely agree. And it's really, the thing that's funny about breath work is it's so hard to describe 
partly because every single breathwork session that I've had and experienced has been different. Yes. But also because sometimes the the result of the breath work, I guess, or like the revelations or the ideas or the creativity, whatever it is that comes forward from that can be so profound that it's like, oh yeah, all I did was breathe. And it sounds so simple and to reduce, <laughs> to reduce a powerful healing modality to just like, oh yeah, I just breathed for like, 30 minutes and now I'm this completely different person um, or I was able to just like set aside whatever trauma or stress or whatever it is that's been you know weighing me down to just be able to put it aside for like 30 minutes even if I have to pick it back up again mm. can be so incredibly healing and powerful for people and um, I know in terms of trauma I mean you know, I can speak for myself. I really uh, distanced myself from the word trauma for a very long time. Mm. It's like, oh, I didn't experience trauma. I didn't experience anything traumatic. Mm. Um, and, you know, some unfortunate circumstances have happened um, where I've I, in undergrad, I actually witnessed someone's suicide mm. um, outside of our music school. Mm. And there's, you know, there's, I mean, so many things that I could talk about, but I never really mm. um, consider them to be trauma because, oh, you know, I can handle it psychologically. It didn't affect me. Mm. I'm not holding on to those stories. Um, but at the same time, there's something physiologically that happens. And I remember somebody... I don't know who said it, but someone said that trauma is not about the level of insults mm -hmm. or the degree of severity in which something happened to you, but it's the amount of surprise that your nervous system experiences mm -hmm. upon that event. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about it that way, it's like, there are many of us that actually hold on to a lot of things or experience or have experienced trauma or have experienced chronic stress, which has the same impact on the body, but we are not even aware that that's what's going on with us. And so I think breath work can be so powerful for that too, because even if you're like, nah, that's not me. I don't need to heal trauma. I don't need to deal, you know, deal with stress, I can handle it. Because I think a lot of us can trick ourselves into thinking, oh, we got this, I can power through whatever is being asked of me, especially in a music career. Mm -hmm. uh, but through breath work, bringing up all these emotions, bringing up memories, trauma, whatever, and then allowing it to be released mm -hmm. is just such a beautiful practice. And how incredible that, you know, we get to facilitate this for others. I know that I find this incredibly rewarding. Mm. On every level, on every level. And I love what you said about how not everyone, you know, it, so many people, you know, hear the word trauma and we have a specific image of what that looks like. And like, oh, well, I've never, you know, that, that isn't really to me. My life's been fine I've been lucky and you know it's fine and like 
hello, like 2020 in itself. Come on. I mean, it's, we all experience, and I love, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Resna Menachem, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, his book, My Grandmother's Hands, he talks all about um, trauma that we experience direct indirect generational and how this isn't you know doesn't always have to be a conscious experience of trauma such as witnessing a, a suicide or um you know experiencing an accident or rape or anything that is we deem to be you know obvious trauma this can be generational this can be something that you have witnessed as a bystander this is something that like we said before, anything that's not in alignment, anything that your body gets surprised with and doesn't, you know, anything your vagal nerve gets activated on and, and our, you know, that, that nerve and our you know, vagus nerve is, is really this, you know, that's the seat, the feeling of that fight or flight freeze rest that locks up, you know, and animals know how to process this, right? They, they shake it off. They, you know, they, they move in and sometimes they fall asleep, right? It's, and, there's so many ways of processing it. And if we don't process it, you know, our body keeps a score, right? Our body holds on. And like consciously, we might be like, yeah, I've dealt with that. Sure. Um, yet our body might not be on the same wavelength. And for me as a, as a singer, I know this is exactly what was going on when, with why I'd have performance anxiety because I never dealt with, I never ever looked at my body. I was like, oh, well, in my head, but like, I got my mantras. I got my, I'm, I'm in practice. I'm well rehearsed. Like I have all this stuff in my head, but it lives in your body and healing happens in your body. It does not happen in your mind. And I think that's, you know, where we live in such a cerebral culture. And I think we're starting to remember now of the wisdom in our body and, and how much freedom we have and how, you know, simple this can be. The healing journey doesn't have to be complicated and how beneficial it can be and how much more be beautiful our music will be when it comes from a place of being healed and whole and, and, and coming from our heart and coming from this super high vibrational place that doesn't have this like codependent, I have to do my art because I have to, you know, like there's no grip. There's no fun in art when it's that way. And everyone knows it. Everyone feels it too. And so that's, you know, I really do believe that breathwork is the medicine of the times and it's not a new thing. This is ancient. This is as old as human bodies are. And we're remembering in many different ways this year, how transformational it is and especially when we're in our homes we're we're home more we don't have access to go to all the things we're used to doing and it's a practice that we can do with literally nothing if you can breathe you can do this and of course there's benefits in having someone holding space for you because you need that trust right you need that that coach that can be like okay you can go further because it is it can be intense right it's no it's not always a picnic unpacking this stuff and especially my experience has been it, it it helps to go into that subconscious mind that you know we remember that thing that happened at seven years old that we don't ever <laughs> you know that, that that thing that like really hit you know and really when we started to identify ourselves and and our families things and and really I believe that we are the most resilient 
ones of the bunch here right now that are, you know, and we all have this, the tools to do this. The healing isn't special. It's not for certain people. This is, this works for everybody. And that's why I love that it's breath work because it's your breath and the breath belongs to nobody, right? We, we all breathe. We wouldn't be here if we didn't breathe. So it is, it's the work of the times. <laughs> I believe, I believe, I know, you know, <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And I just, I don't know, something came up for me um, while you were talking about just, you know, it's not just the lungs that are involved in breath work. It's also the diaphragm. And I think for many of us, um, we start breathing just up from the uppermost parts of our lungs. We never really have to use our diaphragms uh, in our daily life. But if we can find a way to just breathe deeply into our lungs on a daily basis, then our stress levels go down. Like on a physical level, it's just so much more healthy for us. And I know for me, um, I'm coming at breath work more from the yoga side. And I've done all of these different yogic breathing practices, um, which have been very helpful in their own way. But I found in my own life that doing breath work, as in like conscious breath work, the kind of breath work that we facilitate, yeah. I don't have to think about it in my daily life. I just feel like I'm able to take in more oxygen and I don't feel like I had to, I have to practice at a certain amount of time every week or um, there's something freeing about breath work where it's like, wow, it just feels easier. Um, and I have issues with asthma and I'm not a wind player or a singer. I, I used to sing in choir. I'm actually a contra alto. So I sing yeah, in maybe. the tenor section for a long time. <laughs> but I, you know, I never really thought about how to use my lungs when I sang um, or how, how finding a way to breathe deep into the lungs actually helps me as a violist, as a string player perform, but just in my daily life. And I think, um, that's another thing about breathwork too. It, it's, it heals on so many different levels without you ever having to really cognitively understand what's happening or why you're doing it. <laughs> It just seemingly magically, <laughs> you you start being able to do things or feel more calm in your daily life, and you don't really understand why. Um, I know that's part of my own experience of just finding breathwork at the start of COVID in March and feeling like, wow, there is something to this. This is not, this is definitely not yoga. And there's something about it that just, it's, I, yeah, again, undescribable, but it just, it's so healing on so many levels. Yeah, I love, I love what you spoke to about the mystery of it, right? There's so, it, it does hit us on so many levels. And I know for me personally, I've always loved the mystery of not having to know what it's all about. Um, I've always been like a results-based person. I'm like, if it makes me feel better, great, I'm here for it. <laughs> and 
And for me, the experience has been such a multidimensional healing on so many different levels and is so truly unique every day. And what you were sharing about, you know, experiencing that it's like a lightness. I know the more that I practice it, and even if I lie down, I do 10 minutes of breath work a day or, you know, five minutes, I don't even have to do a full 45 hour healing session that mm-hmm. you still receive it. Your body, your body gets to it. Like you, you relearn how to use these muscles because no one ever is like, okay, this is how you breathe, <laughs> right? This is how you talk. Like, these are all things that you know, and I think especially musicians have a beautiful, and it's true for other art forms as well, but I think especially as singers, we're taught to expand. We're taught to expand and we're taught to use our diaphragm in a way that uh, society wouldn't necessarily advocate for because you're physically making your body bigger and it helps to amplify your whole vessel, your whole being. And I know for me, this, the title of this episode is maybe why I stopped singing and also why I stopped wearing jeans. Because I think <laughs> for me, I, I, I realized also that, um, you know, anything that's like constricting my diaphragm, anything that's constricting my lower abdominal muscles has been like released from my life. And, and, you know, to be able to have that ability to breathe and expand, it, it brings, it helps us think clearer. It helps us to make more informed decisions. It helps us to have a tool to go to whenever we're feeling stressed and anxious and, you know, aren't really sure what to turn to. And, and whenever we're caught in those moments in our head and our thinking mind, like what's the number one way you tap into your body. And like, when we do breath work, it like takes that on like steroids and does it on like a, such an incredibly amplified way that it helps you to physically let go of your thinking mind. You know, it it suppresses the thinking mind. So it helps you to find that release, that release from your thoughts and identifying who you are from, you know, and coming back to the musician's perspective as identifying yourself. I think, you know, like we're saying, I was just having this conversation with my husband about how so many artists now, especially musicians, especially if gigging, being a gigging musician full-time or if you're teaching full-time, it's like, that isn't happening now. The same, at least it's not happening the way it used to. So it's like such a beautiful opportunity in this moment to reconnect to your body and to go within and do that inner work, knowing that your art form is only going to benefit from it. It's only going to, I mean, my gosh, it's only going to be freer and more amplified on so many levels as you know it's in in all different ways whether you're a singer or you're a dancer or you're a painter or you're you know you sit at your desk and you type all day it doesn't matter like this work is for everybody and you know everyone has their own way of connecting to it for me I will you know often speak more in the metaphysical level just because that's where I kind of pop in and 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 some people will relate to it on like all the sensations in your body that you're feeling. And it's, it's all good. There's no rules, right? There's no rules. It's your breath. And, and it's, it's for everybody. It's for everybody is I think kind of the biggest thing. So yeah, (laughs) I could literally, I'm like, we could talk about this for all day. (laughs) I know. Um, And so for those that are listening, you know, if you're, 
wanting to experience breath work. I know that Lydia, you offer a free breath work meditation and you also have a course seven days to liberate your voice. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your course? I would love to, I would love to. So on my website, well, it's funny, we were talking about this right before we came on. Uh, I'm in the middle of moving my website over to a different platform and in January. And when that comes, I'll be releasing not only I had you have a 15 minute um, meditation, a guided breathwork meditation called liberate your voice that is attuned to your throat chakra, right? It's all in the key of uh, G, which is all associated with your fifth chakra and really helps to guide you to use your voice in breathwork to release, to release in all different ways, right? Releasing sound. And sometimes I love what you shared earlier when you're in like a heart opening position, which just lying down and being in a heart opening yoga position or standing up can activate emotion without the breath. And the breath in it of itself will really bring that forward. And anything can come out through your voice. Laughter is a perfectly normal trauma response. <laughs> and, and sometimes when we're releasing, like we got to get through the giggles, we got to get through that nervous laughter. And sometimes it's that primal scream of like, you know, if you feel like you've been silencing yourself for for years, for your whole life, if you feel like no one gets you, no one understands you, you feel like that oddball. I've always felt like that. You feel like, you know, we don't have the words to express what we're feeling right now, but our voice, the same vocal cords that we use to cry are the same vocal cords we use to sing, the same vocal cords we use to yell, the same vocal cords we use to laugh, right? It's all the same. So I specialize in helping people use their voice to move trauma out of the body. So I have a free meditation on my website that you can go check out for that. I'll also be releasing uh, in January an entire free library of like using your voice, like different meditations, different healing exercises to use your voice to move it out of your body. And then my course, Seven Days to Liberate Your Voice is a seven day deep dive journey in different ways. It has two breathwork journeys to liberate your voice. We also go into vocal toning. We go into some singing. We go into breathing for singing. We go into identifying your relationship with your voice and really it's exactly what I was you know what we were talking about earlier which is you're identifying with your voice not as your speaking voice but like who are you what is your voice what do you have to say and what what again I'm not like you said I'm not the biggest fan of using the word trauma but like what what traumatic experiences have prevented you you know maybe someone in third grade told you that you what you had to say was stupid and so you've zipped it since then on a subconscious level. And that stuff is what comes up in breath work, right? So in this course, I help guide you to find and tap into your creativity using your throat chakra. And it's like a total holistic throat chakra opener. It's a seven day course. It's only $37 for the next few days. It's going up in January because it is such, I've put in so much uh, so many resources. There's so many meditations in there. There's so, you know, it's, it's really designed to kind of hit you on all different levels. There's writing exercises, there's body movements. I put in some yoga things in there and it's, to me, it feels like what I offer in a healing session with someone one-on-one -on -one at a very, very, very cost-effective and accessible thing, because I, you know, I really do believe that 
healing work needs to become more accessible, especially during this time, especially for artists, especially, you know, people who aren't out there being able to, you know, make money the way that they used to. And so that's available if you go to my Instagram bio, it's right there. We'll be on my site in like a week and a half, <laughs> but you can, you can uh, jump into that and you can start it at any time. You can take it completely at your own pace. Everything in there is designed to help you activate your throat chakra, but really heal your nervous system and help you find your voice and find a lot of gratitude and a lot of forgiveness around, because to me, that, that's been the biggest part of my healing journey is to forgive myself for all the ways I didn't use to use my voice as an artist, as a person, as a human, and to liberate yourself, to free yourself from who you've identified yourself with and to find your soul voice. So my goal is to get it to as many people as possible. So if this calls to you at all, check it out before January 1st, because the price is going up. Links in my Wow, <laughs> what an incredible value too. Like mm -hmm. that is so much information and so many different tools and resources. And I'm going to check it out myself because yeah, I <laughs> definitely <laughs> am still working on using my throat chakra. I know I have a podcast, but part of me is still confused why I do because I'm such an introvert <laughs> but I'm working through it hey you're you know part of part of healing your voice is speaking your truth even if your voice shakes right it's like you know just doing it things like this I find is so healing and I'm extremely introverted too no one would ever guess <laughs> that about me but um I think the healing journey is a, and it, it is an introverted and an introspective journey and I think freeing our voice is, is really what it's all about and, and finding who we are and coming home, home to holding space for our truth because that's what, what life's all about. If we're not, you know, and that's what music is. Music is an expression, is a vehicle for truth. And if we are not tapping into our truth we are limiting our ability to express it, right? When, you know, it's always, I'm trying to be as good as this person and as good as this person, but there's only one of you right now. And only one person's going to play that song that way. You know, we all know that music comes from the heart, right? And so when you, when you offer your gifts and offer your music from a place of service, from a place of of not being in this like tango with your <laughs> this like codependent abusive relationship with your art and your craft but coming from it from a place of sovereignty and a place of like fully liberated and like because I'm so liberated I'm going to express myself like that that's that's to me that's the purpose of why we're all here and for yeah, more on yeah. that I would definitely recommend checking out that new Disney Pixar movie Soul because it was <laughs> It really hits home on that one. <laughs> I still need to watch that. I have so not cute. got around to it yet. <laughs> so cute. So cute. It's Disney's brilliant. You know, they, all those movies are really for adults. They're not for kids. <laughs> they are on like a subconscious level, but it's, it goes way over their heads. So it's, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, so that's me. I also offer, you know, I offer one-on-one -on -one healing sessions virtually. I do I do teach voice lessons. I do vocal empowerment. I work with a lot of people who are 
um, singers or our artists. I work with, uh, interestingly enough, like a lot of dancers and people who are looking to find their voice and release the, the throat chakra, you know, and really find ways to tap into the creativity and to hold space for self-expression. And sometimes that's just having someone hold space for you to scream mm-hmm. <laughs> and to move, move energy out of your body and to play because to me that that inner artist that inner creativity is all connected to your inner child and and to to take the seriousness out of both healing and take the seriousness out of your art form is really to me um also why I stopped singing because it was getting singing professionally anyway and I can come back to it from a place of oh my gosh, it's so much fun to make all these fun noises (laughs) and also to sing these songs. It's so fun. And like to take the pressure off of your art. Um, There's a beautiful book, um, Big Magic. Have you read Big Magic? Elizabeth, Mm -mm. Big Magic, really good one. Um, All about taking the pressure off of your art. And, And another beautiful book that my husband read recently, The Artist's Way. I'm sure many people here have connected to that one also talks about tapping into your inner child. And I think that breath work is the facilitator for that. Oh, that's so beautiful, Lydia. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing with us. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? You know, um, so many, you know, one of the things I think that First of all, I just thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy and so much fun to talk to you. I literally could just talk to you for, we're like, how long do we want to go? I don't know. We'll just see. I'm like, I'm not here now. I'm just kidding. I think, I think the, the biggest thing I want to touch on and, you know, just to kind of bring this home and what you said is that um, one of the questions I get asked the most is like, that works for you, but will it work for me? And the answer, you know, whatever that is, breath work, all of these things, and they try it once and they have an experience and it can be really intense or it can be, you know, not as intense as they thought and it can turn them off from it. And my invitation for you with your healing journey is to have fun with it, to have fun with it because it is not all rainbows and sunshine. If you go to my Instagram, it looks a lot like rainbows and sunshine because I like rainbows and sunshine and I like unicorns and I like that kind of stuff. But like, it's, it it can be, you know, it is a, you got to go into that dark night of the soul. You got to, you got to face it. You know, you got to, our issues and our inner tissues and you got to feel it before you heal it. Right. And this is really what it all comes back to and to not be afraid, not be afraid of the shadow, not be afraid of your voice and to have the courage to to do that inner work is the biggest act of self-love and self-love for not only yourself, but for the planet, for each other. You know, we do this inner work because we get to benefit, we get to, we get to help everyone else benefits from our own healing and we inspire others. So it is for everyone, you know, when we do this work and my my hope for anybody who listens to this or watches this is that you give it a try you give it a try and you come to it with an open mind and to to not give up not give up on your healing so beautiful Lydia thank you and how can we find you 
You can find me on Instagram as my main hangout. (laughs) Apparently my assistant put me on TikTok recently. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm on Instagram is where I usually, I've been off because of the holidays and I will be back on again, you know, a little bit more this week. But my Instagram is at Lydia, L-Y-D-I-A dot McLean, M-C-C-L-A-I-N. You can find me on my website, LydiaMcLean.com. Um, I believe I'm on Facebook and all those other things, but Instagram is kind of my main hang. And, uh, you know, my, the link to my course is in my bio. That's the best place to connect with me. Hop on my mailing list. I, in January, I'm going to be opening up the doors to my free library that I've been working on for about five months. And there's literally so much juicy goodness. It's like all my favorite, favorite healing practices. I just want to like, you know, I think during this time, it's so important that we have access to, different modalities and different things that we might not get other places (laughs) and to really remember that we are our best healers and we can do this work so yeah and I have a feeling you you and I are going to probably be doing more things together (laughs) oh please let's please do all the things (laughs) I'm so grateful for Instagram and that we connected I know to the algorithm right to the the algorithms I was saying to my my husband last night a really great like cover band for like I don't know some like music school would be like the algorithms <laughs> it's so cheesy <laughs> anyway I'm so grateful that Instagram brought us together and I love you so much and I'm so thank you for thank you for everyone who's listening thank you for for being here and um yeah thank you so much Lydia it's been a pleasure speaking with you and to everyone who's listening either on Instagram live or on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by giving us a review, sharing it on your Instagram, being sure to tag at the aligned musician um, and at Lydia.McLean as well. For this episode, let us know what you thought. I have just one more episode left of this season. It's also going to be available on Instagram Live. So for all that information, check us out at The Aligned Musician for more information. And thank you all so much. Take care.